Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hey, Victor Lucas, how are you today? I am great. You're extra, extra, extra happy. Can you tell? I can. I'm very chipper. I because, know why. Uh, I know why. Our friend and uh, uh, somebody that I'm a huge fan of is in the basement with us. Mr. Billy Campbell is here. The Rocketeer himself. Is I cannot in even the believe basement. this. We should have cleaned up no, a little. No, dude, no. Dude, I'm so happy to be part of your mess. <laughs> <laughs> and the last time I saw burnt ochre shag carpeting was like. <laughs> Billy is easily, he wins the award for best smelling thing in the basement today. Absolutely. Yeah. You've actually made the basement smell a little bit better. Congratulations. So I think we owe you something for that. Here, you can have this action figure. Oh, dude, thank you. Sorry that it's missing a head. A BG action figure without the head? I'm not sure. So tell me the story. Tell everybody the story about how uh, the two of you got jungled up together. I, I, you guys I, are friends. Let's not let's not pretend. Victor stalked me on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah, that's okay. exactly how it happened. I didn't know that uh, Billy was on Twitter. I'm a huge Rocketeer fan, and you know I've professed that my love for that movie a lot of uh, you know many times on and the show. And your love for me, yeah. and my love for you, of it was course. A little off-putting. Yeah. Billy, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it again right now. Uh, and uh, so I, I didn't know that you were on Twitter. I found you on Twitter, and I and uh, I knew that you were shooting the killing in Vancouver and I just sort of suggested that uh, we get you on the show and we did an interview about the Rocketeer 20th anniversary edition of the Blu-ray coming in and uh, I had the idea of us doing the commentary and putting it on the website and you were open to that and that went great and then uh, we just started hanging out a little bit and then you were at the the CVAs last year the the Canadian Video Game Awards well, the big moment for all of us was when we saw the Avengers together. Which was the dopest thing ever. <laughs> yes, Magical, it was. because we invited you just, the Rocketeer to you see just the wrapped shooting one of your seasons of The Killing, I That's guess right. it was season two. Yeah. And you were exhausted and you sat down and, and Joss Whedon's uh, masterpiece just rolled over us. Yeah. Yes, and we were did. all happy. And I could tell both of you were uh, a little tired and a little uh, sort of expecting to be let down and you were both very happy I, I think. was certainly not let down it was a it was a memorable morning yeah it was yeah I was and I was giddy because I'm into all of this stuff you're looking yeah. at all my action figures right I now. am I'm I'm gobsmacked and you I, I think you have gone now for 20 years as a part of geek culture and you're known all over the world as this character as Cliff Secord and, and the Rocketeer what's it like for you when you travel around and you get recognized yeah, and, you must get so much leg you must like, <laughs> so, just I'm sorry, so much what? leg Leg. He's bringing that Leg. back from the 30s. This, no, it's like this dungeon, this Gams. basement is so 70s, including <laughs> like you guys are straight out of the 70s. I waited. I did not expect you to be wear, like wearing the spandex that you are this morning. And We've been locked in here since the 70s. It's crazy. They just we let us out to the, be out of the late 60s. We're not sure. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to to uh, be recognized for the Rocketeer. And, and, and it's always, always a pleasant Experience. I, I don't think I've ever had an unpleasant run-in with uh, with someone. No one's ever said Rocketeer sucks. No, no, no. Everyone seems to really, really love the love the film. There's a lot of champions for the movie. There's a lot of people that just love it and take it to heart and and know that it's kind of an underdog. That it was one of these things that stretched out over time and people started mm -hmm. to appreciate it. Yeah. But I think people have probably personalized their connection to it and when they see you or mm. you know see that it's sort of come back into into public mm. awareness they get pretty happy i'll tell you the coolest the coolest by far the coolest interaction i've ever had to do, had having to do with uh, somebody who'd seen the rocketeer i was down in san diego some weeks ago uh visiting a, a 
rugby friends of mine, and we went to a pub, and there was a table full of fairly raucous uh, young guys next to us, and they were deep, you know, I mean, they, they were having fun, and they, they weren't jerks or anything. We were drinking our beers, and, and sometime later, a kid comes over and, and taps me on the shoulder, and he is just so enthusiastic, and he looks like the side of a barn. I mean, he's, <laughs> and I don't mean, you know, there wasn't what an ounce of fat on him. And he said, and I kid you not, he said, my name is so-and-so, and we were all SEAL Team 1 over there at that table. Wow. And he said, I have to say, this is going to sound weird, uh, but I have to say, I am a Navy SEAL because of Rocketeer and because of your performance in Rocketeer. And I was like, I, I was absolutely gobsmacked. I was like, oh, what does Rocketeer have even conceivably to do with uh, wanting to be a Navy SEAL? And he said, I was eight years old. It was the first time I remember having feelings of wanting to do something heroic and to do something for other people. And it directly led oh my to God. my being a Navy SEAL. That's awesome, man. And, I, and we've become friends since. And, and uh, he was like, you know, if you want to... You want to shoot guns? You want to jump out of a plane? It doesn't matter. You, we're your guys. So uh, I'm going to go incredible. back down to San Diego and jump out of a plane with Navy SEALs. That's ah, so I, rad. Dude, I'm ready for the sequel. I don't know if you guys are. Of, of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Rocketeer well, 2. I would love to see a sequel. I guess Disney's talking about a reboot. I don't know what that means exactly. but uh, Have they contacted you? No, Has there no been one's any contacted discussion? me, and I would, I would not be the least surprised to find that I have nothing to do uh, that would with just that be whatsoever. Total bullshit. I mean, you've been like a goodwill ambassador for this thing you for know, so long. Man. You know, but there's no accounting for what folks, uh, what business decisions. People so we, we always had this idea that we would have you on one of our shows, one of our myriad TV shows <laughs> that we create, <laughs> yeah. and play all the old Rocketeer video games, and then have you have you score all of them. We can still do that. Most of them. You want to do that? <laughs> sure. Next time you're up through. Most of them weren't yeah. great. No. Yeah. And I think it would be fun. We should do that. Okay, that's that's on our. Let's itinerary. make that happen. Okay. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, there, there's a lot of younger developers that listen to this stuff mm. and watch our shows. Hopefully, somebody that maybe isn't even aware of this movie yet mm. uh, sees it and is inspired to make something that mm. sort of takes off on it. You know, I'm sure yeah. Disney would shut them down, but it's such a ripe, cool, yeah. I agree, material. You know, I you agree. could really do something awesome with yeah. that thing. And the Rocketeer yeah. itself, obviously, was Dave Stevens' tribute to. 30s serial films and all of that stuff. God rest him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's gone. He's left us. They are making new comics now. Are you keeping up with I've any? I've seen them. I, we were just in uh, Golden uh, Golden um, Golden Age, Age uh, yesterday and and saw uh, saw one of them. That's cool. Did there they was... recognize you? You the... know what? I've been going in Golden Age forever, <laughs> and I think I I can't imagine that they've never recognized me, but they've never said a word. And I think they they must have some sort of policy where yeah. they don't want to. They don't want to scare off. Well, it's the downtown sure Vancouver get, comic store, so they must get lots of celebrities. They must get lots of, yeah. and, I, and I think they probably, rather than, you know, uh, scare people off, they yeah. just don't say But anything. wherever you go, you stand out, for sure. You're, yeah. you're tall. He's nine feet tall. You're very, you know, I'm a straight man, but you're very attractive. Well, Scotty, I, I, mean, I said to Vic last night after we left you that I feel like I'm always flirting with Billy and I, I can't help it. Last night we had dinner and then afterwards for... I commented on how tall you were. And yeah. I just... Actually, my bro we got home and my brother John, we had dinner with you guys last night, as you know, and yeah. my brother John was like, 
why was Scott playing footsie with me <laughs> yeah. under the table? And I'm like, oh, He's John, very, I, think that was, I think that was meant for me. You know what? It's, it's not, men aren't my first choice, but, you know. Hey, Billy really does know. look like he's camera ready all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah you like always ready to it. shoot so something. So I'm sure the people in Golden Age are like, my God, it's Billy Gamble. You guys so, are so full of poop. Which is great that, you know, for all the women that are listening to this that we have just an audio podcast right now and right. we have a movie star on our audio they wouldn't podcast. hear it, any of the words no, we're saying no can you hear how handsome billy is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> i was a little i was a little puzzled why like i was supposed to come to your basement in nothing but my skivvies yeah. <laughs> and and uh, my sense. brother john was like who's sitting right next to me was like i am not going in my underwear and i was like dude i have to these are like big so time it's too soon guys. for bald gags right now that i got <laughs> So today's podcast brought to you in Handsome Vision. Handsome Vision. 360 surround sound of handsomeness. All right. Well, you just wrapped up on The Killing. I guess it's been a year mm. almost already that you wrapped up on that. And yeah. now you, uh, you've you been in a couple of movies. Tell us about some of the most recent movies that you've been in. Well, I, I guess most notably, I, I did a, I did a, um, I did a docudrama for mm -hmm. uh, National Geographic Channel called Killing Lincoln. Um, which was a huge success for them. They had uh, twice their biggest audience uh, ever uh, for it. I played Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> believe it or not. I, I was absolutely uh, bemused when they, when they called about it, but I uh, thought, what the heck, I'll go to my home state uh, of Virginia and play Abraham Lincoln. You sent me a picture of you in makeup yeah. early, early, and it was uncanny, man. It's yeah. so surreal. What was that yeah. like to look at yourself in the mirror as Abraham Lincoln? It was hilarious and amazing and and touching all in one all in one ball of wax. Yeah. Did yeah. you see the Spielberg movie? I did. I did. I I didn't see it before. Uh, well, it wasn't out before we did ours, but yeah. uh, I put off seeing it for a while. Yeah. Of and course. then I went to try to see it, and the projector was broken in the theater. <laughs> we tried to see it, and I thought, well, this is a message from someone. I I better not see it until. Till it feels right, but I did see it, and I have great admiration for uh, Daniel Day Lewis's uh, Lincoln. Did you see any similarities in the way that you guys approached the character? Uh, maybe some. I mean, our objective was to um, our objective was to find the warmth and the uh, sort of the humanity of the mm -hmm. of the person, and I definitely saw that in his his performance. Um, you know, we had zero time yeah i found out about this job about six days before i was supposed to be in richmond and we started shooting about seven days after that yeah and uh so there was zero time and which actually in itself was a great lesson because the the big lesson for me was how to just let go and trust the people a, a lot of very talented people yeah who were making the making the film just trust them that's awesome and um so i couldn't i didn't have a chance to overthink it and i'm i'm actually i have to say fairly pleased with what i did and what we did one of the cool things that you actually brought me to was uh there was the vancouver film school premiere of fat kid rules the yes World that's right that uh matthew uh, directed mm -hmm. uh well, sorry i've lost his last name lillard matthew lillard yeah yeah and he was at the screening and he was beside himself. He was just nervous because yeah. he was showing it off to all these kids that he had been uh, training and working with. Yeah. It was an amazing movie. It and was. It really yeah. is. It's a terrific film. I encourage everybody to see it. And what was awesome for me was to see you play this dad and to be this totally different character than the person that I'm starting to get to know as a friend yeah. hanging out with. Yeah. What was that experience like? It was amazing. Uh, Matthew is now on my you know list of 
my top five list of directors I've ever worked with, I think. Yeah. Um, and that was his first time directing. And um, it, it, the movie is called Fat Kid Rules the World uh, from a young adult novel. And, and it, it, was, it was wonderful. I, Matthew had such a way with us. And, and, and you know, he's an actor first and foremost. Yeah. So it, 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 uh, it really shows. He got such wonderful performances out of those kids. Um, and it's been kickstarted to get it distributed. Kickstarted, and, and it's on DVD now. You can get it on Netflix or DVD or wherever. That's awesome. And it's, well, uh, was I, I think, busy that night? Why, why didn't I get invited? Sorry, brother. You were uh, selling yourself in Stanley <laughs> Park. <laughs> Making yeah. the real dollars. It's okay, yeah. guys, if you want to hang out without me. <laughs> in Billy's helicopter. Did, did you want to ask Good. us any questions about our magical night? You, you, you fat kid rules the world. Sorry, brother. I'll just be back in the basement reading and, Hustlers. And you shot a, a movie in uh, Lunenburg, Nova Scotia? In Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. A wonderful, uh, low-budget uh, Canadian film um, made by a, a, a gal. It was her first time directing as well, named Shandy, Shandy Mitchell. She's a wonderful writer. Uh, and it's about six men having, um, having um, been on a, a fishing boat that, that sunk, and they're stranded at sea in two small dories. And the whole movie is these six guys stranded at sea, and it just won the um, best film at a, at a independent festival. Uh, Sean Doyle, who is a Canadian, wonderful Canadian actor, was in it. He won best actor. That's great. Uh, it, uh, it won best of uh, Halifax Film Festival, uh, or the Atlantic Film Festival, and and it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Now, did you do that because you love? Sailing, or all you of love the, the above. material, or you all love Lunenburg. Yeah, I was so excited to be able to go to Lunenburg to make a film. I mean, it was like it's like going. It's like somebody says, "Let's make a movie in your backyard." Yeah, and uh, I was building a schooner at the time, or having a schooner built in Lunenburg at the time. And yeah. of course, my big beautiful square rig ship that I've sailed on twice around the world lives in Lunenburg, the Picton Castle. So it's like another home for you out there. It's another home for me, and I have many friends there. And then I went to shoot a movie there. That's awesome. So you can imagine the that, pictures you send back. I've never been there. And I know mm. that there is a, a game studio that one of our producers used to work in Halifax mm. uh, running also has a, there's a, a studio in Lunenburg. That's what I heard. Yeah. HB, HB Studios, yeah. I think. Yeah. And uh, I, I can't believe that. That is absolutely a destination I want to get to. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't believe I've never been out that far east yeah. in my own country. You need to but, get there. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so sailing is a, is a major part of your life. It's a huge part of my life. It changed my life, actually. I, I started sailing, you know, uh, t 12 or so years ago in, in uh, Norway. I worked on a square rig ship in Norway for four years, and, and then I segued to this, uh, this ship in uh, Lunenburg. And it, it really kind of changed my life, you know? It's a, it's a little like a video game. In yeah. fact, I wish somebody would make a beautiful square rig sailing video game of some sort of a sailing simulation of, of there are sailing sims yeah but i want a square rig ship sailing simulation a square rig ship being of course the the ships that uh, the old ships with the square sails it'll come it'll come there's a there's an amazing game out right now that's you know what it is it's the uh uh sort of the growth of the indie game developer mm -hmm. and gdc is going on right now as we're recording this and What's coming out of it is that the indie game makers are as important as any of the AAA studios oh, right that's now. Nice. Yeah. And they have unbelievable freedom to create all kinds of cool things. And there's a game called FTL, which uh, our friends uh, Steve and Raju reviewed on the show. 
and it's just about running your spaceship and sort of crewing your spaceship. Mm. And it's all 2D top-down, very simplistic graphics and yeah. stuff, but it's a really engrossing experience. And I have to think that some <sighs> developers out there yes. are as in love with sailing as you are, and they're gonna come up with some epic, maybe 2D at first, but yeah. eventually some pretty cool sailing yeah. 3D type games. Old time sailing sim. Yeah. Square rig ship sailing. I mean, that's sim. what we're seeing, right? HMS they, Victory. That'd be yeah. amazing. They have yeah. this technology, they have this skill set, they have this appetite yeah. to build yeah. amazing art, and yeah. and they're they're able to do it now. Yeah. yeah. I reviewed a game on the show recently called Bookstore Dream. Yeah. And it was about owning and operating an independent your own bookstore. fucking bookstore. <laughs> I know it's uh, so crazy. If that game can get made and yeah. find an audience, and it's in the eShop for the Nintendo 3DS. And I should think that there's got to be room in the boat, so to speak, for yeah. Billy's sim. Yeah, that is. It's going to happen. Just the kind of stuff that appeals to me. I have a game myself that I want to that I want to make. That's a that's a sailing game. But and we should let people know because we do have people that listen to this thing that are game makers. So just get in touch with us through the uh, the website, and we'll connect you with Billy if you're interested in talking to Billy about yeah, if building. If you just want to meet Billy, we can't make that. Yeah, you happen. have to talk to <laughs> talk to his agent. Yep. Yes. But if you want to make his game, <laughs> then you can have that's another thing all together. <laughs> yeah, we can we can break bread. Well, that is that is a commonality that we share with Billy though is that he is a gamer and he uh, he plays all kinds of things. He was uh, obsessively tweeting about Minecraft. I think you're. Oh. Uh, Nephew or niece got you hooked on I a game? I am lost. I am lost. My little uh, nephew and my niece in Virginia got, got, I was looking over their shoulders. I was like, oh, that's cute. That little blocky thing that they're doing. What's that? And a day later, I'm addicted. <laughs> Absolutely addicted. Well, I've never played. Thing. Like, we've talked to people before who, yeah. you know, they're like, uh, I'm a big gamer. And then they start opening their mouths and start talking about what a big gamer they are. And they don't know anything about games. But when... I first met you, you started talking about games in this very credible, very knowledgeable way. Yep. And it is clear to me that you love this shit. Maybe not as much as Vic loves it, Yeah, but you love this stuff. I, I do love it. I, I've loved it ever since I was a child and, and had not a wonderful childhood and, and so sought to escape into other, mm -hmm. into other places. And, and, um, and, and with the, you know, of course, that was before there were video games, but uh, but then there was uh, then there was D and D and stuff like it, and choose your own adventures, the books and all that stuff. And, and isn't there just a tremendous analog between acting and and game playing? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. you're you're role playing, yeah. right? I mean, you're yeah. becoming this other person, and you're entering into this other yeah. world. My first, you know, acting really was role playing. I did uh, I did uh, I did a play, the very first play I did out in the world, not in high school was a play called Dungeon Master, which huh. was live action, sword and sorcery uh, oriented uh, role playing game on stage at the Beacon Street Theater in Chicago. Are you kidding? Run by uh, Bruce Young. Do you remember the big black guy who was the transvestite in Risky Business? He comes to the door. Yeah. Uh, that's Bruce Young, Bruce uh A. Young. And uh, he was the dungeon master. And, and uh, people used to come to the show as if it were Rocky Horror. They'd come with their helmets and their swords. So they were LARPing capes. at this show. LARPing. Live action role playing. Yes, live action role playing. That's incredible. It was a, more or less a LARP show. Well, Dungeon Master is one of the seminal games that Peter Molyneux has worked on. So he took that, that kind of concept where you were the, 
the sort of bad guy and you got to sort of manipulate yeah. the dungeon and kill people yeah. as they would enter your yeah. dungeon. Exactly. That's awesome. What role did you play in Dungeon Master? Oh, I played all sorts of roles. We, we played against the audience. You know, we'd choose a party at the beginning of the show and then run them through the show. How wild. And they had choices they could make and they had 10 spells they could throw and, and all this kind of stuff. And we kind of reacted to wherever they were going. And there was an ongoing map and a big book, a Bible. So <clears throat> at any point in the run of the show, the audience, having kept track of the world and where everything was and where past shows had gone, could say, we're throwing a spell to take us back to That's that incredible. place where we were six months ago in the show. And backstage, we'd have to we'd be yelling, like, we need lycanthropes, lycanthropes, and uh, we need the bridge set across the chasm. Go, 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 go. That's incredible. Yeah, when was, when was this? This was, uh, you know, before I came to L.A., so it was uh, 82, 83, 84. So computer games were starting to become successful. Just and, sort of But D&D &D was kind of exploding yeah, at that time. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was amazing, amazing That is so thing. cool. I, I, uh, I got the chance to have a quick conversation with Baz Luhrmann about narrative and video game play. Mm. And he, I mean, he really tied it together. I mean, he said to me that it's always been about gameplay, that storytelling has always involved games and uh, challenging the audience. And, uh, you know, I just... I, that really hit home. That's something that I never forgot. This was about 10 years ago that I talked to him. Mm. And uh, I, I think that that's something that the game development community is kind of trying to figure out in a big way, like telling a story in an, in an interactive way where you connect with the characters and it hits you with the same impact that a film does. Yeah. And we were just having a conversation about Tomb Raider before we started rolling on all this stuff. You just got the game. What are your thoughts? Honestly, Vic, I know, I know you love the game, but it, it, it just leaves me a bit cold. Um, I, you know, I, I, it's filled with wonderful, wonderful detail. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing looking game. I think, you know, uh, uh, kind of to a fault. Yeah. Because the screen is so, uh, such a confusion of, of wonderful colors and, and details that it's, 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 a, it's a bit jarring, you know, yeah. a bit headachey for me. Um, uh, I totally know what you mean, though, because we're playing Bioshock Infinite right, right now, yeah. which is the new game. Yeah, yeah and uh, it's too early for us to review Bioshock Infinite, but I know where you're going with this as well. No, I mean, well, Steve and Raj, you have reviewed it. Yeah, but you and I are going to do yeah, the second opinion. Yeah, we're going to talk opinion. about it. But I was so overstimulated that yeah. I, I, like I, I mm. had this visual fatigue because yeah. everything is so hyper-realized oh, yeah. and I'm looking around this world I'm like this is too much it's overwhelming yeah. for me yeah I don't know is, is that in line it, with what it, you're saying it's very much in in line with what I'm saying I don't need to see you know there are not only trickles of blood on her skin but the individual trickles of blood have texture in them yeah. you know it's like I just I don't care yeah you know I what I care about is 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 gameplay and even the gameplay is more and more with video games, I I, I feel, um, and and you know maybe it's a maybe it's a, has to do with just getting older. You know, I mean, my taste in literature has changed, and and in a, in a great many things. But more and more, I feel like one of Pavlov's dogs, mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of struggling for the next reward, and you know it's 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 just kind of like it's coming down a rail yeah. at me. Yeah. And, and I just don't care. I don't care to like, go, I mean, essentially what I'm doing is playing through someone else's 
fairly limited imagination and just ticking off, ticking off. You're so on the money. Yeah. That's absolutely a, a common complaint out yeah. there. And I, you know, um, I did love Tomb Raider and I, I love it for, you know, it's, efforts to be as ambitious as it, as it is. I think it's a beautiful game. I Mind you, I'm only two hours in, so I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to... And it is a game that ac yeah. absolutely opens I'm not done. up as you go into it. You know, yeah. like the uh, environments become a lot more expansive <clears throat> in the way that you approach your enemies, and uh, she becomes a lot more interesting as a, yeah. as a game character. And I think they did a really tremendous job with the storytelling, but I know exactly what you're saying, and we've been saying a lot of the same stuff around Call of Duty for a long time. We are kind of led through these... And Bioshock, I think, has a little bit of this as well. Yeah. We're led through these fun houses, these mm. amusement rides, yeah. where things are just going off yeah. all around us. But we don't have the freedom of our own imagination to imbue in any of this stuff. I really felt like I was playing Dragon's Lair or SpaceX. Right. And well, it's really, a, it's, they're pieces of theater. And yeah. ideally, if they're going to function on the highest possible level, you're going to forget that you're interacting with a piece of theater and yeah. it's going to envelop you. Yeah. But that doesn't happen anymore. And you feel like, I like the Pavlov's analogy because it does, like the game is telling you constantly that you're a winner. You are winning. You've won this, you've unlocked this, you've done, you know, you're, you're the big winner, but there's only so many years before people start sort of rubbing their chins and going, am I really a big winner? We're all big winners. Mm -hmm. Everyone's getting the same fucking reward. Yeah. We're all doing the same thing. You know, Far Cry 3 for skirted the same piece that. Of candy. Far Cry 3 kind of skirted that. You are getting rewarded all over the place, but the openness of that experience. Billy you didn't like Far Cry 3. Pardon me? He didn't like it. Did you try it? I, uh, honestly, I didn't. I wasn't there long enough to, yeah. to really say I didn't like it. I didn't like the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, um, with uh, getting caught and then... Well, the douchebags yeah. at the beginning. With yeah, the you don't like the dudes. But I think the, the, uh, the story wasn't in the way of the gameplay. And yeah. it does take a long time before you have got all the freedoms and stuff. And there's some silliness around the story that, yeah. that kind of, you know, diminishes the whole impact of the game. But it's so much freedom. And you yeah. can go wherever you want to go and, and start any kind of ruckus that you want to do. And they, ga they gave you a lot of... I mean, Tomb Raider seems to almost borrow some thematic stuff and some environmental stuff from Far Cry. But if you can imagine, you know, you just go anywhere you want on the islands of Far Cry. I just didn't, you know, the whole flavor to me was, was wrong. And so we talked about this last night and Scotty said, you know, and, and, and how the girl was treated. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. the first, up, in, yeah. Just in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, it's She's crazy. Brutalized. I remember that just sending out a tweet saying uh, the cops have been to my apartment twice so far. They think I'm murdering someone <laughs> yeah. in here because it sounds like that. It does. And, and, you know, I mean, the thing is, I was a huge fan of the first couple of, right. of Tomb Raiders. Which were all logic and I puzzle solving. Them, and trying to figure out, yeah, totally. I remember feeling like, you know, if I had to go, go stop the machine and go to work, <laughs> I remember feeling like, like this thing all day long, like I've left Laura dangling from a cliff. <laughs> I got to get home. Like, <laughs> really and you did. can save anytime, I think, in that I game. Know, and you can save mid-fall like, and yes, totally she's fuck she's dangling yourself. from yeah. a cliff. <laughs> How long can she hold on? I have to get home. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I loved them. And this new one to me is just, it's its not even Tomb Raider. It's its a different it's, game. It's Uncharted and a little Batman. Yeah. With... And, uh, I mean, obviously, it's own originality. I think you got to keep playing to, to source yeah, it. But and the, I will. The other yeah. game that you mentioned, though, which I think is the uh, is the great counter to that, is Journey. Well, here's the thing: we, you know, we we played the first I don't know hour or so of uh, Tomb Raider, and then and then we both looked at each other, my brother and I, and I was kind of like, 
what do you say we put in Journey? I want, really want you to see this. John had never seen it. Oh, yeah. And I put it in, and within seconds, and now this is over, t this is like 10 months ago. I f played the first uh, yeah. uh, half an hour, so I'd forgotten most of it. And within seconds, we both went, <sighs> yeah. And, and our eyes grew wide and we grew quiet and the room grew quiet and we were just absolutely sucked in within seconds. Mm. And so much so that we put it on again this morning right before we came here. It, it, there, the, there's, there is no clutter. No. Um, but you absolutely believe where you are. Yeah. You don't ever feel like you're on rails, even though of course you are. Um, even when you wander out of bounds, it's not, you don't bump into an invisible wall. The, no. wind, the wind picks up and sort of tumbles you back inbounds. You can't, you feel like you could force your way out of bounds if you, if yeah, you really a tried. Beautiful gentleness. Did to you guys thing. smoke a duber? <laughs> no, you know what? Playing that game is smoking a duber. <laughs> it's true, right? It really is. Like, well, uh, this, is the, this is the challenge that these big AAA teams have, right? I mean, mm. these are massive investments. Yeah. And they can't be as freeform as no. Minecraft or Journey. No. No. They, they have teams that are focused on every inch of every space that you're going to be traveling through. And they have to kind of calculate, they have to focus test, yeah. they have to kind of sort of hit a middle line where yeah. it's going to please the most people possible to recoup a massive investment. Yeah. An independent studio like that game company, which made Journey, or uh, the Minecraft guys, they could do whatever the hell they want. You know, oftentimes it's like five well, people I and mean, they're just figuring it out. You know? That being said, it nearly ruined Jenoba and, uh, Genova, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, they nearly w yes. went out of business. You're right. And they had to like, they had to like draw a collective uh, 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 intake of breath and forgive each other and decide what things they wanted to leave out and finally get it out the door. Well, the truth is it's really fucking hard to make these things. It's so hard. I have to imagine. And people, yeah, I mean, I think that's the uh, that's the other side of it is that that because there's a glut, there's a lot of it, and there's a lot of good choices and a lot at every price point now, people have less patience for it, you know, but it doesn't take away from the difficulty of building yeah. all of this stuff. Yeah. That Tomb Raider team killed themselves to make that thing, Yeah, you know? Some people um, literally died while making it. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of relationships die, you know? I mean, it's... Lots of pets get neglected. Pets. Yeah, fish don't get fed. Yeah. No, I mean, it's Game true. studios. It's like whenever they build a skyscraper or a bridge, they always factor in a certain number of deaths that are just going to yeah. inevitably yeah. happen. Yeah. And I think that's that's probably true for making a 200-person game as well. Some people yeah. probably just don't make it to yeah, the end. Yeah. You know? uh, did you... You're an Uncharted fan? You know, to me, Uncharted was, and yes, I am an Uncharted fan, and it was a, and it was a, but it's of the same ilk as yeah. as as the Tomb Raider. For me, it's a it's a more pleasurable, at least so far, it's a lighter experience game, right? than than Tomb Raider. Yeah. Um, uh, and I haven't I haven't made it all the way through yet. Again, I you know I haven't as you know I haven't been here for seven months. Yeah. And I haven't I've virtually been without video games for seven months except for my precious Minecraft on my laptop. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm a, I'm a, I'm looking forward to playing through the rest of. Uh, uh, there is a lightness to Uncharted that uh, Tomb Raider doesn't really have. Tomb Raider is yeah. really serious. serious. Yeah. Yeah. It's really Some serious dark. shit, man. You know, yeah. I just wanted to say that I'm—I'd be willing to make a sacrifice okay. on reviews on the run. Yeah. 
if you and Billy wanted to team up for a couple game reviews <laughs> on the show. He's got the cred, aside. man. He's got the cred. Maybe I we would, can get three mics. I would for step a aside shows. and let Billy take over. <laughs> no, why, why don't we totally rad show the uh, the show for a little bit and have Billy come and be a guest reviewer? You guys reviewer. can do it. That'd be awesome. Oh, be interested in doing a little guest busy. reviewing on the show? I would absolutely. I would love to. That'd I'd be love awesome. To. That'd be awesome. Be I've never done that before. I'd so be make sure you give him yeah. fucking Naruto <laughs> and uh, the shittiest. Oh, sh- this see. is what he did. The, he did the generosity only goes so far. <laughs> when I first started working on the show, I said, how am I supposed to review this piece of shit? And he's like, that's the job. That's he's the job. Just a, that's what he's doing. He's trying to dump off like the, the yeah. shit games yes, on me. That's what he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's what he does. We see a lot of shit movies and a lot of oh, uh, terrible god. stuff. He's resigned about seven or eight times on the show. Oh god! Uh, and yeah. then uh, be sure to bring a resignation letter in your pocket. And yeah. <laughs> and then we find ourselves at ten o'clock in the morning at some screening of uh, what was the the hobo with the shotgun? That was the weirdest fucking movie I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> did, did you see that movie? No, I heard it was actually kind of fun. It, it was kind of funny, but then it just goes so over the top. It's, yeah. it's just so gruesome. We haven't forgotten about it. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. So you're shooting a new pilot, though. Shooting a new pilot from, uh, uh, as with everything these days, uh, from a young adult uh, series of novels right. uh, uh, called uh, Delirium, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, I think, going to be interesting. It's uh, not futuristic. It's kind of present day, uh, as if we had an alternate past 60 years or so. Okay, cool. And in this story, uh, love uh, has been classified as a disease called Amor Deliria Nervosa. Uh, Scott can identify with I think with you can appreciate so, yeah, that, right? Yeah. Love, is a, love the, is a disease? You yeah. hate that. Oh, yeah. Scott is the ever-present uh, love cynic. <laughs> the love cynic. <laughs> you know, you've got the love master. You've got Scott the love cynic. <laughs> But, um, yeah, and it's um, uh, with um, uh, Emma Roberts, uh, Julia Roberts' niece, and Mm -hmm. and, uh, directed by Rodrigo Garcia. And I think it's actually, I hope it will actually be pretty cool. You've been in the biz for about 30 years or so? Uh, Yes, I think so. In the making movies and TV show biz? Yeah, yeah. Do you find that you're meeting new people all the time when you go to sets and stuff is it are you starting absolutely it's one of the things i love most about my job is is meeting new people and and having new experiences uh uh yeah one of the things i love most about it and then the flip of that is that art like on this pilot for example you're working for a lot with a lot of people that you've worked with before you have no i'm working with uh, no one i've worked with before well actually no the woman playing my wife uh i played her husband uh years ago on an episode of uh, uh the practice yeah. yeah what's it like to wind down you know i've been lucky enough that i've been doing this now this is i don't know a long time and i haven't had to wind down a show like that you know and say goodbye to castmates and say goodbye yeah. to friends that i've i've kind of met made yeah. through the work what's that like it can be really sad yeah it depends you know i mean if you if you're on a show you hate it can be a, <laughs> a beautiful thing yeah goodbye you shit heel um <laughs> But no, it can be really sad. You know, we, we had, th- had three wonderful seasons on a show called Once, Once and Again. And they were, we were like family. And I loved every single person on that show. And, uh, the, you know, the day we, we finished was just everyone, we were, everyone was crying. We were just so sad, all yeah. of us. And to this day, I'm in touch with every single one of my TV family members. That's right. From that show. Are you still in touch with uh, Rocketeer cast members? 
Yes, Alan, uh, Arkin, um, JC and I, Jennifer and I were in touch for a great many years, but I haven't heard from her uh, for a long time. Yeah. Um, Alan's kind of having a resurgence. We keep seeing him in oh all kinds gosh. of cool movies yeah. right now. He really is. Um, and power to him. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. Very, very funny man. I, honestly, I think like we just saw him in Burt Wonderstone. He was the best thing in Burt Wonderstone. Yeah. He's the uh, one with Walken and... Uh, oh, uh, stand-up guys. Stand-up guys. Stand he was the guy. best thing in that He too. told me one time, talk about the ups and downs of a career. Yeah. He told me a little story one time. He was taking... And his career was had taken a little... You know, it had a lull yeah. in it for a few years. And he was taking a cab uptown in New York City. And the cab driver kept just glancing back in the rearview mirror glancing back, glancing back, and they were almost where they were going, and the cab driver said something like, uh, buddy, can I ask you a question? And Alan was like, yeah. And he said, didn't you used to be Alan Arkin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. And the, but the, him, you got to hear him telling that story. It's, yeah. yeah didn't he was you an used Argo, to be Alan too, Arkin? he just kicked ass in Argo as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. When, yeah. You, uh, when you see... Do you reach out? Do you kind of stay connected? Like see some, uh, it's like a fantastic performance of a friend or something like that. Do you send a, an email? Or? I do, I do. I, I, um, I think the last time I reached out to, um, I mean, I know not the last time we talked, but, uh, but the, it, exactly that happened uh, when uh, Little Miss Sunshine came out and Alan won the Oscar. And, and uh, I hadn't spoken to him for, I don't know, a year and a half or two years or something. And, yeah. and that's also the way it is in the business. You doesn't mean you're not friends but you you're on to different jobs so frequently and and uh, that you you just lose people for a while and yeah. then they come back around and I called him and and uh, or sent him a text message and he called me and it's like <laughs> miracles never cease that's pretty is what he said <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> squeaked it a little it's like Mark Arkin is here that's pretty yeah. awesome we should try to Skype with Alan Arkin I never you. realized this before but Batman Arkin Asylum is named after him no. That's no, you're wrong. No, you're what, did way I, off. what did I do? Keep trying. You're a little off there, Keep Scott. Trying. Can, uh, Billy, do you, uh, did you see The Dark Knight Rises? I did not. I'm not a huge super kind of superhero type You played one, guy. but you don't. No, I didn't. Well, he's a regular speaking. dude. But... He's a regular dude. He yeah. was in no way, shape, or form a superhero. A noble yeah. heart. He hey, was a regular dude with a rocket pack. Yeah. Um, you and know. Howard Hughes gave him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah, that old chestnut. Um, no, I'm not a big superhero guy. I haven't been since, uh, even in my youth, I wasn't uh, really much of a superhero dude. I, I loved, really comics were more about the artwork for me. My top of the, top of the heap, of course, was Jack Kirby. Mm -hmm. And my favorite comic of his, uh, and I still have a, a big thing for post-apocalyptic uh, fiction and stuff, uh, but my favorite comic of his was Commandy, The Last Boy on oh, Earth. Hilarious. Yeah. That's awesome. So you more like Tarzan and that kind of more stuff that you know, yeah, stuff yeah. that's not. Tintin super, is a big favorite of yours too. Love right? Tintin. Yeah, love Tintin. I love uh, uh, Miyazaki. Did a wonderful uh, uh, graphic uh, novel called uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of Wind, mm -hmm. and that may be my all-time favorite graphic novel. I'm that's not awesome. Sure. Yeah. You're laying down the geek cred right here, man. But <laughs> you don't normally go to the conventions and stuff that often, right? No, I don't do uh, really do conventions. I do your convention. I do um, a game uh, fan expo. Fan and, expo, and which Vancouver. I, which I had, be so, we had fun. so much fun doing last year. 
Um, but I, I don't. I don't do a lot of that. Um, you don't want to sit next to Abe Vigoda for six hours? <laughs> <laughs> if Abe has been eating well, I, I wouldn't mind. But, uh, I hear tell he's not always on form. Um, but no, I, 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 don't do a, I don't do a lot of that. But uh, uh, I will if, you know, if I'm on a show yeah. and they want us to go to, you know, uh, 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 you know, down in San Diego to, um, what is it? Comic-Con. Uh, Comic-Con. I, I will love going to it because I love to go trot around and meet my favorite uh, comic book artists and so forth. Yeah. So you're um, here this week in Vancouver and then you're going back to your regularly scheduled program. Going back to finish the pilot and then I'm, I'll be back here by the 11th and then we'll do Fan Expo and yep. all that stuff. So you're going to be at the CBAs, the Canadian Video Absolutely. Awards? Yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm yeah, and it's Fan Expo. So, cool. so yeah. if you want to see Billy from afar and you can't miss him, he is without a doubt <laughs> the smelling, best-looking man. Just in the look area. for the next tallest person to Scott Jones. Oh, that's not You're true. You're taller than Scott. Which I, is don't, crazy. I, so I, I don't. I don't think that's only true. Only Darcy, our cameraman and producer in Toronto, is yeah, taller. I love than it me. when the three of you guys are together. Darcy picked I me up Bilbo at the holiday Baggins. party this year like a baby. It, he I picked no you up. Ever picked, swept me off my feet. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah so we have strong. an enormous camera. I can't imagine. Wow, anyone big enough to sweep you big. off your he feet? Was big. It was he quite was a big. moment. I want Jones's. Jones wants my forearms, and I want his biceps. Okay, there we go. That's, right. We got to make that look, happen. We, somehow. we made it weird at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Billy knows the drill. That's I knew awesome. we could. I knew we could do it. We always make it weird at the end. That's one yeah. of our trademarks. That's our sign yeah. off on the podcast. Man, we could ha talk easily for I another know. hour, and I think Billy's what we're probably going to have to do is uh, bring you back. Next time you're awesome. in town. I look forward to it. in the basement. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I have one of those beers? Crack the fridge and uh, give sure. me one of those yeah. beers. There Thanks, you go. An old right. insert Alexander beer Keats. sound. You want right to look here. at this hustler? Yeah, and you get a complimentary I'll hustler. I'll take the hustler. Give me All one right. that the pages will actually. No. <laughs> and uh, this broken action figure. Hey, listen, uh, Vic's mom needs a ride to uh, her reducing class. Do you mind giving her? I know you're parked no, in front of the dumpster. Not at all. Okay. I'm parked Man. right out front. Ah! You are awesome. <laughs> He's the coolest movie star in the world. <laughs> Thanks for being on The Basement. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Billy. All right, boys. I'll see you later. Okay. 